2: Happy Tuesday after a long President's Day weekend. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did, and uh, we've been talking about a variety of things today. If you're just joining us, however you're accessing the show, thank you for listening to Atlanta's number one sports station, its number one sports show, Dukes and Bell. Here's the deal, guys. As we talk about the Falcons and their prep now for the Combine, which is the next big thing, as they'll go take a look at all of the players they may be interested in. And they're going to come across some guys that they're not interested in, Mm. and they're going to see some guys that they go, hmm, maybe I am interested in him. Either way, Once we get through the combine here over the next couple of weeks and and we'll figure this out, Mike and I will have more information. We always tell you, uh, I say it every year. Let's see how this shakes out before we start drafting people and thinking these are the guys that we want. Now we do have some ideas about that, but Mike, that's the next big step. But I want to talk about this because it's something that we're uh, in a position right now with our Braves. And with the lockout, Major League Baseball, their meeting, we're going to talk more about this coming up, and Freddie Freeman, And all the rumors out there. So a story comes out, Mike, and this gets back to our Falcons here eventually, but the Panthers apparently called about Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins. And Cousins, for those who are not aware, still has basically a year left on his deal. He's fully guaranteed salary of $35 million for 2022. Cap numbers, $45 million. Sound familiar? Mm. Sort of like our Matt Ryan, who I think is a $48 million cap hit moving, moving into next season. The point is guys, The Cousins thing, whether it happens or not, Mike, we were saying this, there are a lot of rumors out there, and we're getting guys hitting us up saying, hey, Dukes and Bell, man, are you hearing that Matt Ryan, people are interested in Matt Ryan, teams are interested. I think teams are interested, Mike. I do think there are going to be phone calls. Will there be a deal? I don't know, but there's a lot of stuff out there when you start
1: hearing about this, and people go crazy about, oh, well, I hear we're trading Matt Ryan. It's not true. No, and again, guys, it's just, as Carl just said, with Freddie Freeman in baseball, we'll talk more about Freddie coming up, but it just it's like idle hands. Idle hands in social media are the devil's workshop because all you got is this nonsense getting thrown out there. Now we do know there is some, a little bit of traction with Carolina, but we were just debating before the show. I mean, what is Kirk Cousins at this stage of the game? Isn't Kirk Cousins a guy, if you're a team that had an established defense, you had a good running back, you had all the pieces. It's not, I mean, Carolina. I don't even know what Carolina does. I mean, Carolina's also going to eat Sam Darnold's contract too.
2: Yes, they do. And, and here's the thing about Cousins, which is kind of funny because where is he right in in the pecking order of quarterbacks?
1: I mean, to me, he's like a 10 to 15. Unfortunately, he's kind of like what my, what people say about Matt Ryan.
2: Okay, so good, certainly not great. Ryan is more established, and, and, and what I mean by that is more, you know, uh, accomplished, certainly with an MVP and a Super Bowl run. I would take Ryan over Cousins. But the point is, here's a guy that's $35 million guarantee next year, and he's refusing to take a pay cut. So what that means is if they are interested in trading him, and Matt, I think Mike is in a very similar position because we've been kicking the can down the road. For Kirk Cousins, if the Vikings, for whatever reason, say, well, we're just going to cut him, they still owe him $35 million.
1: <laughs> yeah. Remember, that was the money. Remember that deal got done? It was like old guaranteed money up front, shorter term. By the way, 33 touchdowns, only seven picks for Kirk Cousins. He had a great year. That is, I know what I, I stand corrected, Kirk. That's pretty darn good. That's definitely top 10. Yes, well, sir. Well, and the receiving core there is good.
2: Remember, I said I thought this was the best job mm-hmm. available in this coaching cycle. Now, they go and they hire the Rams offensive coordinator. We'll see if McConnell, you know, can can do anything. But this from a standpoint of, of roster and ready to win right now, and you got a guy that can take you to the playoffs, the Vikings are there. But, Mike, if they're going to, you know, potentially trade him, and again, the, the other team is the Panthers, I don't know if this happens. But as we move through this offseason and we get through the combine and we're going to get to the draft, and, Mike, you know every year mm. we, we hear the stuff about Matt and the draft, and that's the time when you trade because you're – Teams are willing to give up picks, and you can get a lot more in return for a veteran quarterback. I just don't see it happening, guys. And I, I, I always tell you guys this: Are we better with Matt
1: Ryan next season than a rookie quarterback?
2: The answer is yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had guys out there saying, "Well, now that the Jordan Love thing, they're shopping Jordan. Let I me, mean, Jordan Love. We don't even know." Not only do I not know what Jordan Love is, whatever the tiny, small sample size I got to see, he didn't do jack in the one game that Aaron Rodgers was out this year. Now, again, Carl, what else, what other, you know, how else can you measure the guy? Uh, Tremendous upside, but even then, it was still a curious decision when the Packers drafted. I'm not saying he should have been drafted that year in the first round, but not by Green Bay. But I got no, I've got less than zero interest in Jordan Love. That's when I saw that today on social media, I'm like, what are you guys, high? I mean, say what you will about Ryan and everything else you just laid out. You know where you're standing with this. Now, I do also understand, big picture, there is some fatigue <sighs> amongst some Falcon fans, called Ryan fatigue. I just think it's regime fatigue. And it was Dimitrov, and it's kind of spilled sure. over to this strange year. Yeah. Hey, I thought we did a great job to win as many games as we did without Ridley, without playmakers, without a real great defense. But I, I just, at some point, we are going to cut the umbilical with Matt Ryan, so some people would say, why don't you just get it over with? You know, and the cap ramifications be damned.
2: Yeah. I, uh, you know, we said this when when Coach was on with this Coach Art, and and we're talking about Arthur Smith. Mm -hmm. He's a very likable guy. And I understand why players dig him. I understand the no-nonsense and the accountability stuff, Mike, when he got here. I I think all of that is going to play. Right now, though, we got to get better talent. You can be the best coach in the league and the best coach Mm -hmm. ever. If Vince Lombardi didn't have talent, he's not winning. Parcells didn't have talent. He's not winning. And the same goes for Belichick. So you need more... Talented players on this football team, and I think once Coach Art gets that, we're going to be in a better position. Now, as we're talking about quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins rumors out there. Are we trading Matt? No, we're not. I'm saying no, we're not because you're hearing all this crap out there. And by the way,
1: it the moving parts. It'd be a what squid Billy, be a June designation, right for the to mitigate the salary cap hit for Matt Ryan to spread it over two seasons. There's a lot of you're things still going talking out. about
2: 24 million yeah, this and next year.
1: It is still a big hit. Now again, and by the way, who are you trading up for? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna trade for a quarterback. There's there's not a quarterback on another. Roster. I want right now other than Deshaun Watson and that's obviously yep. mitigating circumstances are going to prevent that. I want to draft a quarterback. I don't want to draft anybody in this draft.
2: No. Do you? no, Mike, it's not that kind of draft. This is not a difference maker no. kind of draft at quarterback. So again,
1: I guess you know what this is. This is your parents saying, we'll see about that new toy. We're just not going to get it this year. Corey T says, Dukes and
2: Bell. nobody's calling for Matt Ryan. Come on, man. You'd be surprised.
1: Maybe we're too close to it because we see all the negativity on social media, our yeah. text line. And again, I'm of the fan base. I mean, I, I disrespected Matt in 15 and said we should trade him. He comes back with an MVP season. But there's just people in this town, for whatever reason, they've never been on board, which is a shame because, heaven forbid, the only thing is, and this is the cautionary side of it, heaven forbid, Carl, we become the Dolphins where we're going for 25 years in this organization where we don't have a quarterback. No, it's a, and it's that's, a, it's and a, there's a lot of teams out point. there that are in that boat.
2: So, as we're talking about quarterbacks, Corey, appreciate the text uh, and the tweet. Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at put See Dukes, the radio show, Dukes and Bell 929. Let's talk about the other quarterback today, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, guys, uh, went on the Pat McAfee show after posting on Instagram today about his, you know, thankfulness to all the people that have been a part of his journey in Green Bay. But he went on McAfee show today and basically said, listen, let me explain what's going on here. Hold on a second.
3: Then you might say things about that. That's a cryptic message. I mean, there's nothing cryptic about gratitude. You know, I just came out of a, a 12-day cleanse where you're eating a specific diet and you're going through these treatments every day and you're not really doing anything else you got to kind of turn everything else off and, and so you know you're not working out you're not straining or anything it's kind of a recentering, Um and, and it not only heals you physically but I think it takes away mental stress and, and then the spiritual part I think it allows you to kind of enjoy the meditations a little bit more
2: <sighs> yeah uh, a cleanse Mike we all need one <laughs> We all need one.
1: I uh, (laughs) just, Like I said, the only time I've had, I've only heard two celebrities go that in deep about some of these things. It was Madonna was the other person to talk about the colon cleanse.
2: Uh, I told you this in the break. We had a friend that did this whole cleanse thing. This was Mm -hmm. 15 years ago or so. And and, uh, they were like, you guys really need to try it. And and so we were like, okay, great. Yeah. And we tried it. I told Mike this. I cleansed my system so much that I didn't even feel well because of Mm -hmm. Because I was eating some of
1: the bacteria and enzymes. The good good
2: bacteria. And I was so empty, right? And I was like, I don't know if I feel good. I don't don't know if this is good for me or not. (laughs) Uh, And the whole thing was you know, they did this like every few weeks, Mm. and it was supposed to be a part of their diet and their makeup. Listen, we didn't do another one moving forward. Now, I've heard people it works great for some people, but to hear Aaron Rodgers get clarity after a cleanse
1: is kind of funny. No, I mean, again, we talked about this earlier. I dated a girl who was into fitness, and she kind of, you got to go do this. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And then later on, I'm like, you know what? To your point, Aaron Rodgers, uh, obviously one of the top one percent of the athletes on the planet. You guys, like us, we'll just wait for the call Oscar <laughs> yeah I think before yeah. we're gonna kill, cleanse them. But anyway, but this is something that people do. I just got to kick that Aaron goes into great detail. We also have that crypt. It's not so cryptic, Carl. The more I read that, you know, it's about a couple of paragraphs saying goodbye to his team. He is saying goodbye, this is isn't goodbye. he? This is if you haven't seen it by now, I think most people have read the message. And again, he also talks to his uh, former fiance, Shailene Woodley, and uh, they're they're out. By the way, there was an article in the L. A. Times about them splitting up earlier in the week.
2: Yeah, I, I noted this earlier, and I said, you know, if Aaron Rodgers was doing this in year five, you know, gratitude is one thing, but I think the guys you work with and the people you enjoy being around, you probably tell them that. You know, you don't think he's told Devontae Adams you're damn good and I'm glad you're my teammate and, and, bro, I appreciate you. So when you do this in the way that he did it where you've got pictures and multiple posts and, oh, thank you and thank you, you're gone because that's what you do when you leave. Gratitude is something mm-hmm. that you know you can do on a daily basis. This was not gratitude. This was I want to make sure I mention all the names and the people who have had some kind of impact on me. I just look at this message completely different. But Aaron Rodgers went on to say, Mike, he is not making a decision today. This is not him deciding anything.
3: Oh. Yeah, let me just put this disclaimer out right away for the the uh, the few people watching that are tuning. Just for a specific, uh, maybe news or decision, there will be no news today, no decision on, on my future. Uh, as I was texting with you yesterday, I just got out of a 12 day of Karma. Uh, Look that up. Uh, I know you did after we talked.
1: Mm. Yeah, he really is. Getting that message out there, Carl. Clean out the bottom. Third of your pipes, there, if possible. Yeah, the uh, the article that's out there. You've seen a couple. Pro Football Talk's got a couple. SI's got one. And then just saying to your point, there's just a sort of a sense of you know turning the page. The chapter has come to an end. Now, a lot of people, uh, where would you pencil him right now? If I put a gun to your head, and I won't. But I'll say Denver. I'll say Denver. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, listen,
2: they are a team that is in desperate need of a quarterback good young defense, good wide receiving
1: core. They'd be immediately one of the top three teams in the AFC. Yeah. Top
2: four. And I know you're going to say, well, does he want to go play against Mahomes and, you know, Herbert? Doesn't matter. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's been doing this his whole life. Yeah. So I don't think that's a deciding factor. But there are other teams that are going to need quarterbacks. And if he's going to go somewhere, it's going to be somewhere where he can win. Falcon Report brought to you by our friends at Domino's. Domino's, guys,
1: the mix and match deal, just one of the many. And don't forget, Domino's with contactless delivery and pickup. They'll get that pizza and everything else you order right in the back of your car and you're on your way. Get all the details tonight for a Domino's party at Domino's.com. All
2: right, we attempted to talk to him earlier in the show. We will talk to him next. Darren Eels, president of Atlanta United, as we get ready for the first match of the season on Sunday. Right here on Sports Radio 92.9, the game, Sporting KC Kickoff is at 3. Darren Eels is next. Strong arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. Oh, his name's Darren Eels. He's president of Atlanta United. Atlanta! United! Uh, The season starts Sunday. Sporting KC pregame at 2.30 right here on Sports Radio 92.9. The game and kickoffs at 3. Darren, let's do this again. And we were talking about receiving those cool new kits and you were talking about the release of them and and how it all went down. Let's start there for those folks who've not seen the new kits or maybe you have. We posted Mike and I both on social and thank media. Thank you very much. Yeah, they're cool, man.
4: Yeah, you guys. Good to be chatting with you. Yeah, no, we had a great launch. So we did it at Piedmont Park. We had two thousand of our fans there, and you know what I love about our kit launches is it was a great chance for so the 17s to get together and party. So it was like a festival atmosphere. Uh, went down really well. Obviously, the theme of the kid is. A city in the forest. So, for those people, when you land at Atlanta Airport and you just see a sea of trees and then the skyscrapers sort of popping up from downtown and midtown and Buckhead, and you know, so that's something that we're really proud about. It's a sustainability, it's 100% recyclable. It's uh, we're going to give a thousand trees in Atlanta through Trees Atlanta. So, it's something that's got a you know, a social meaning to it as well. But I think it looks cool as well. And look, uh, most ever pre sales, and it's actually our second highest ever kit launch and so you think about it, it sold more than we did when we did our first original kit launch back at the tabernacle so wow. it's pretty uh, pretty amazing how the fans have responded so we're excited about that and uh, you know looking forward
1: to the season ahead Come in handy for St. Patrick's Day, and then we it all the t- all year round, man. Darren Eels with us on the wadeford.com hotline, guys. President of Atlanta United, four-nil uh, against Birmingham, and in a, the final tune-up. And I saw Joseph, uh, you know, score twice, and that's awesome. But obviously, we we want to see Almada, and is is are we jammed up with the work visa situation again with our next star?
4: Yeah, I mean, just generally, it's been uh, it's been difficult with COVID in terms of work permits, whether that's green cards or what they call a P1 visa that uh, Thiago needs. Um, partly just because COVID's caused a backlog, so we're we're playing the waiting game, and we're just keeping our fingers crossed that we get him uh, him done as quick as we can. Darren with Almada, uh,
2: tell us what you thought about. Some of the supporter groups, again, Mike and I talked about this on the air, and you know we're one of the only shows uh, in town that is willing to approach something like this and kind of give the perspective of the team. Darren, I said that at the time, I, I trusted Atlanta United is going to do the right thing. They don't want to bring issues and troubles to the organization. Uh, I see this as a decision that was made, you know, that, that was well thought out. But w- this is the first time we've had a chance to talk to you. What did you think about how some of the supporter groups responded to the signing?
4: Yeah, I mean, the first thing was, um, you know, you're absolutely right, Carl. This is obviously something we wouldn't do lightly. And it, it's always frustrating on all transfers, as you know. We can never really talk about them until they're signed. Um, you know, as a quick aside, Eric's finally, Eric Lopez has finally got his loan to Banfield. Well, Banfield announced that probably five weeks ago now, and it obviously wasn't done. Um, so we never can really say anything till till a deal's done. And in the particular case of Thiago, um, you know, not to, to rehash, but... You know, we spent a lot of time working with the league with expert third parties uh, and the rouse he was in the end. There were, you know, no charges. He wasn't even brought in for interrogation. Um, You know, there was five days for the victim to appeal. Um, There was no appeal. So we felt like we'd done our due diligence in that respect uh, on the gesture from the goal. And, you know, Tiago, I thought, dealt with this admirably in his press conference. You know, he knows that in the circumstances it was totally unacceptable. He... He accepts that. He understands it's different criteria; It's different in uh, America than it perhaps is in Argentina. It's certainly different in Atlanta United. And he was very contrite and, and he said that. So, look, I, I totally understand that people will always have different views. And that's what, you know, I respect all of those views. But I think, you know, as far as Atlanta United's concerned, we did do all of the due diligence we could to, uh, to, to make this signing. So from that perspective, we feel really good about it. Mm. And, you know, want to talk more about on the pitch, which is, you know, he's one of the top young talents in South America, if not the top talent in South America. We feel he's going to be a great complementary piece to Joseph and Luis Aruju as a front three. I mean, I think that's a front three that rivals anyone in the league. And so we want to get this visa process sorted, get him here quickly. There's always a little bit of an adjustment period, but his style, we think, is going to mesh really well. And we think our fans are going to love him.
1: Again, as Carl mentioned, we had had a chance to debrief with you since all the moves went down. Obviously, you know, we we had Barco here. What, what was Barco's legacy? Because obviously he moves back down to South America. We had such high hopes. Was it a combination of the COVID year being unfit? Because I thought Barco was fantastic last year in helping you get to the playoffs.
4: Yeah, I think, look, Barco was very young when we signed him. And, you know, we did win the cup the year he came. He was a... Uh, it was a depth piece for us in that year that we won our cup. We won two trophies the next year. I think you know Zeffiel's problem was every time he hit a rich vein of form, he seemed to get an injury. And mm-hmm. you know you can remember we had a time when he done really well for for Argentina in the under twenties. He came back, he scored a cracking goal. Came back, we played Columbus in the rain in a game that should have been called off. Uh, he got an injury there. So every time he seemed to be hitting his stride, he seemed to have a setback. And last season I thought he did really well and. You know, we'd, we'd spoken about it was the right time for, for Ezekiel to to find a move, and you know he obviously played well the other night for River Plate. He's with the top club in uh, in South America, and you know he's on loan at the moment, but there's a view to a permanent if things go well for him. And we wish him all the best.
2: Darren Neal's our guest, guys, president of Atlanta United, joining us here on Dukes and Bell for his first visit of many as the season gets underway on Sunday. Full house, Darren. Uh, every every seat in the house will be open, right?
4: Yeah, so again, I mean, look, and this is the crazy thing for our fans. I think we take it for granted a little bit, but, you know, we were top 10 in the world last year. I think this year we're going to be one of the top, might be one of the top three crowds in the world of football this weekend. We'll have over 67,000. And look, you know, that's going to be our 21st crowd we've had in five years, over 67,000, which is Hmm. just a great testimony to, to our fans and, you know, the amazing sort of support that we get. So, you know, we can't thank them enough. It's going to be a great atmosphere. We've got the game 3 o'clock on Sunday. We're on national TV, so uh, we're looking forward to that match.
1: Can't wait. I mean, I, again, I'm Jones in big time. Hey, by the way, one of our favorite players, George Bellow, speaking of comings and goings, and uh, again, if Almada does well, he might be on his way to Europe down the road. But yeah. uh, how, how tough was it for you to say goodbye to Bellow and also grant his wish, send him to the Bundesliga?
4: Yeah, look, it was great. I mean, obviously, George was one of our first homegrown signings. I can remember when we brought him out on the pitch in our game at Bobby Dodd against Houston and you know he's been fantastic for us and it was always a plan. You know, we had Andrew Goopman ready to come in on loan. We knew it was the right time for George and, you know, I'm really pleased for him that he wanted to go to the Bundesliga we're able to find, you know, a deal that suited everybody. And uh, you know, wish him all the best. And obviously, you know, a bit like when Biggie went to Newcastle, you know, we're all now fans of a club, you know, Armenia Bielefeld that none of us had really heard of till <laughs> till this last window. But now you know we want him to do really well there and Yeah, he was fantastic for us, and uh, excited to see how he gets on.
2: Talk to us about the signing of Ozzy Alonso uh, and what you expect to get from him. I think the combination of Miles Robinson and George Campbell together, obviously, it'll take some time for them to mesh, but that that's a formidable front. What do you expect to get from Ozzy?
4: Yeah, I think uh, you know, really excited to get Ozzy as as a signing. Obviously, someone that Gonzalo knew well from his time at Seattle. Um, You know, he's been a winner everywhere he's been. Uh, and I think for us, it was important because we are a young team. I think, you know, we saw a little bit of that last year. You know, we we haven't got, you know, we've got Brad and now Joseph's almost becoming an old man of the team. Um, but we didn't have anyone like uh, Ozzie who's got that experience and that knowledge of Major League Soccer. And we've seen it in preseason. He's just a great role model. He's, you know, still a great player. Obviously, we've got to watch his minutes and, and make sure that we can manage him through the season. But he's, you know, he understands... MLS. He understands the game. He's a great role model um, for, you know, for our sort of South American players to, to look up to as well. So I feel really good about having him in terms of what he brings both on and off the pitch.
1: By the way, uh, we have a, a habit with you and we joked around earlier today about, you know, you will come on the show with us. And like about 20 minutes later, some news will drop. Anything you want to share with us <laughs> about Luca Martinez at DuPay?
4: No, yeah. So who's he, Mike? I'm not sure. I have to take no choice. Give me one men.
1: Again, on many, I think, um, many reports are out there about yeah, this guy.
4: Yeah. Now, the one thing I would say is obviously with Eric getting his chance uh, on loan at Banfield, you know, that does free up a spot for us. So that's something that, you know, there's no rush to fill that spot, but certainly we have a spot available that uh, that we'll look to fill at some stage this season.
2: As far as Gonzalo uh, and watching these these friendlies, you know, the formations, I know we all get caught up in that. What's the foundation uh, now that he's had a full off season and, and we're moving into a, a new season with him as our full time manager? You know whether it's two corner uh, cornerbacks or fullbacks, however you want to look at it. What do you think the foundation is going to be and how we will look?
4: Well, firstly, I think you know, it's really exciting that we've got that preseason for Gonzalez because you know he came in halfway through and we talked about how we had you know, the most number of points from when he was named head coach in that second half of the season. So I think, you know, that that does put us in uh, in good stead for this season. He's had a chance to to work with the team now. You know, there are, you know, in terms of players with visas and green cards, um, you know, he hasn't had the full squad available. I think, you know, when we've got the full squad available, what we're really excited about is, you know, we're too deep at pretty much every position. Um, so I think, you know, what he'll be working on is, He's trying to get that front three that we spoke about, you know. So Luis, Joseph, you know, Joseph now coming back to to 100. Great to see him score two goals against Birmingham, but but even more exciting for me was in the 90th minute he's running back to to defend in the right back position. You know, the full length of the pitch, and you know that's the Joseph we need. That Joseph back from you know running all over the pitch, getting in the you know the team going in both ways. So I think that front three is going to be really important for us. Uh, behind that, I think you know we've got the option of playing three at the back which we've done in the past or or the four at the back because we've got you know Brooks Lennon who's been called up to the. US national team now. we've got Ronnie Hernandez who' scored a good goal against Birmingham, that's a Venezuelan international. So you've got those two at right back at left back, Andrew Gutman I think's fantastic in preseason. He was a player that was on loan at Red Bulls that that is with us, and Caleb Wiley, who's our young homegrown, uh, looked really sharp when he came on in in Birmingham. So, mm-hmm. but what I like is that every position we're too deep, and you know there's a real sort of competition for places, and you know that's a nice problem for Gonzalo to have because you, you've got a squad who everybody feels that they should be in the starting eleven, and you know he's going to have some tough decisions to make. But you know that's why he's the gaffer, and you know he's been really good. I must admit, you know on the pitch it's looked great, but even off the pitch, the the camaraderie and the trip we had to Mexico, it was really good from a, a bonding perspective. And I said, you know, I think we've got a couple of those veterans that we need in the dressing room to help give us a little bit more more of that steel and a little bit more of that experience that we need. And I think it's going to set us in good stead.
0: Right.
1: Just like Bear Bryant used to say, Carl, over there in Birmingham. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> at Legion Field. Hey, real quick, I know we we got results out of Justin Miram. He contributed four goals when he came over. Our enemies, enemies, our friend. Hey, Dwyer's on the United now, so he just <gasps> – Oh, Dwyer, sorry. But, hey, he was on Toronto most recently, but that's just back up. That's depth there in case when Joseph does need a breather, yes?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a chance for him to, uh, you know, he's he's sort of obviously been a top striker in the league. Um, he's had a couple of lead years, and I think, you know, we saw him in pre-season. He fit in really well. Gonzalo liked what he saw. Uh, and for us, you know, we need that depth. Obviously, that's a piece that's going to be important for us in the season. So, you know, with Tom, we we feel like we've got an experienced professional. Again, it's someone with that, you know, 11 seasons of MLS experience, and, you know, he's obviously scored at the at the top level a number of times. So we're just hoping that, uh, you know, this fresh, uh, fresh start will do him some good. You miss us? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's good to be back. I must admit, it's like I now know that officially the season's started. It's, it's right. Like,
2: yeah. It is. And we missed you, man. And we yeah, missed buddy. Atlanta United, and we're excited to see what happens this season. Darren Ills, the first of many visits. We appreciate you. We'll see you Sunday. Again, pregame, 2.30, right here on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sporting KC, and the kickoff is at 3. Darren, thank you so much. Take care. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Yep. You got it, man. All right, man.
1: Hey, busy weekend, as we said. We had yesterday, because they told us to. You know, presidency. There's a lot of stuff to get caught up on today.
2: Well, Mike, the big thing is this fake news (laughs) about the Braves potentially moving on from Freddie Freeman. And I say that being, you know, a guys, very sarcastically. But we got to talk about this, because I know there are a lot of stories out there that has Braves fans freaking out. So what's it going to take? What's it going to take when this lockout is over and Freddie and the Braves need to get a deal done? It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, I want to start with, first of all, we all have to relax. And, I mean, it's not in our face right now, Mike, because of the lockout. But as soon as the lockout is over and we get to spring ball and they're going to have to have spring ball for those who just think they're going to start playing, they're not. And if it's a full season, which they say they need a deal done by next Monday to have that happen, uh, or the season starts on time at the end of March, maybe it's not. But what we know is that there are various reports out there, Mike, that the belief is Freddie is not going to resign with the Braves after the lockout. Now, here's what, what the report is. Freeman is apparently seeking a six-year deal. Braves have offered five years $135 million. Now, again, this is all speculation, okay? The numbers could be off by 10 million. Maybe they're off by 20. Maybe the Braves offered 140. We don't know. But that sixth year has always been a point of contention. When we've talked about Freddie and his age and where he's at, and I've said this. For everybody that wants to be upset right now and say, well, the Braves aren't offering enough money, I've said this. I can't be mad at Liberty Media or Alex Anthopoulos or any of these folks if the
1: Angels or the Dodgers come in here and say we're going to give Freddie 10 years $300 million. Right. Now, again, for all the arguments you and I have had with some of those guys, ba- I call them the baseball nerds. Well, obviously, in year six, uh, you would not want
0: to spend that money.
1: Again, I mean, we just won the World Series, guys. Can we bask in the warm afterglow and give a legacy guy his sixth year? Either way, at $25 million, I love it. $27 million. Okay, 30 million Denver into a different threshold, which I think even for guys who love Freddie, I think you got to say, can we get the production? If you keep Azuna, oh, you're getting Acuna back healthy. You're going to bring Olsen in potentially. Again, these are just strictly rumors, but the talk was before they had to shut everything down, they were at least kicking the tires on the the A's for their first baseman. But Carl, I just wonder, I mean, do you really, I mean, no one is going to boycott the Braves because, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk, I'm not being indifferent to Freddie, but it's not like people are going to go, I'll never go back there. No, you're just going to finally realize what I've been telling you for ten years: that Liberty Media is kind of cheap. But hey, would you? What do you think? What, no, just hypothetically. What do you think the blowback would be if uh, if Liberty doesn't match a deal from, let's say, the usual suspects—Dodgers, Angels, Yankees? Well, I, I would hope
2: that that, and, and I'm going to tell you, I think Braves Nation is is a smart baseball fan base. When it comes to things like this, we understand that if one of these teams that is just traditionally spends more money than we do offers anybody, offers your brother your father your your sister 20 to 25 30 to 35 million dollars more you'd be an idiot to not tell him to take it mm. so i can't be mad at that my issue becomes mike if in fact any of this is true and we don't know it is that if it's the rangers or the yankees and there is a 10 million dollar difference over the, the life of this contract then i'm going to be upset step up pony up and do the right thing but I do believe, as I said all along, I would rather pay Freddie up front, shorter deal, give him a lot of money and be done than six years right. and log down. Because here's the deal with that six year, if they're offering five, one thirty-five, I guarantee you Freddie's folks are asking six, probably one seventy-five. Right. That they, they want another thirty million dollars added on to the cost of, of the total contract.
1: But as Carl's here to start the conversation, I mean, until I see Freddie in pinstripes or in Dodger Blue or Angels, whatever they wear these days, I'm still he's still a brave. It's just frustrating because there's no news, no news because you can't negotiate because we're still in this lockout. And they're, and, they're, and by the way, baseball, I, I believe it when I see it, Carl, These uh, when the people, both parties are negotiating in good faith as opposed to dropping demands and somebody walks out of the room every 15 minutes. But getting back to the Braves, it, you've got all these stories. There's a story Squid Billy and I were talking about. I, I don't even know the website. If fans cited or Bleacher Report. Some guy, like, it's from our interview. And he makes Chipper sound. Like, interview? Are Yeah, with Chipper Jones. He makes on this station? It? Yes, on Dukes and Bell on two nine. From two to seven? That's correct. Number one in the time <laughs> slot. You know, for men, two, never mind. But at the point being, it's a good book. I Thanks. Just, I <laughs> just wanted to make sure I was hearing you it's correctly. It's a good month of January. Thanks to the listeners. But anyway, getting back to the, to the interview, the guys aren't even giving credit. I mean, it, it's look. I've given up. It's it is what it is. Guys are taking narratives, taking what Chipper said, and turning it into a false narrative. Okay, yeah, not right? It's not it's not right. a surface narrative. As um, Coach Smith would that's say, right. a, false a false narrative. <laughs> but until Fre- now, again, until Freddie is with the Yankees or whoever, I just everybody just chill. Okay. Now, now we can debate you and I and the listeners and the Braves fans. Is Freddie ticked off that it didn't get done last season? I was Freddie. I would be ticked off. That's part of this. I would be because I produced. When you don't produce, you can say, well, you know, I hope they do this. Freddie's like, y'all better do it. With risk involved because he Correct. played out the contract into the last year with risking injury or else going to happen. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, and again, Alex Anthopoulos, for all the times he's been on our show, and the reason why you haven't heard Alex or anybody else from the Braves organization, just so you guys know, is because they can't talk. Nobody in baseball right now, from that side of it, can talk. So they are not allowed to say anything because you could be leading or misleading to the public about what these negotiations are, where they're at. So nobody's saying anything. But for the times that he's come on this show, he's been upfront and honest. Do we want Freddie? Yes. Would I have already done the deal if I could? Yes. Do we know his value? Yes. I mean, he's going on all these things and said to Mike and I, we get it, Braves fans. But stop with the, he's leaving and it, it doesn't look like he's going to be back. Until that happens, I'm not going to lose my cool. Right.
1: And then if they do, then we will go off. and <laughs> And then yes, we will go to DefCon One and we will go bananas. But there are, but again, you still got to wait for this thing to to play itself out. We don't do that anymore in 2022. Everybody wants it yesterday, guys. We all want to know what the Falcons' draft. Did you picks say you are. want it now? I want it now. now. Yes, I mean, exactly. We got to wait for the draft. Okay, the combine, by the way, boys and girls, doesn't start until a week from today, and then we'll get even more clarity as far as your mock drafts and all the things which you could say. These are logistic. I mean, say legitimate valuations of when you can expect the Falcons to do these things we want them to do. By the way, Chuck was still having none of offensive lineman if all the big pass rushers went early. Yeah. But I mean, but I'm getting it. It's just it's this it's his stories now. And again, we like to joke around fake news, but it's just people are making the people are literally pulling stuff out of their butt. And I mean, no all due respect to Buster only hearing the chippers okay. Facts. Can I get facts? It's all rumors, it's hearsay, you know? And then when it does go down, we will still be in a pretty good place even although, you know, that'll be hard to convince some Braves fans.
2: 4047410929. Where are you at? And what are you thinking? And, and where's your, your cool level right now? Are you cool? Because, again, there's no season. There's no spring training. Maybe you're like, eh, it's no big deal. Until it is, right? Until you hear the breaking, breaking news that Freddie, if, if that was to happen, is going somewhere else. Here's the deal, guys. We all want him back. I do think there's a cost of doing business. You don't just, I don't care who it is, you don't just go whatever they want. I'm going to give them that. The Braves still have to be smart, Mike, in building for the future. And you're going to say, well, they got the money. Maybe they do. But that doesn't mean they want to spend $800 million on payroll. And they're not going to. We still are, what, top 15, Mike, among baseball teams in, in, in Major League Baseball? Mm-hmm. Would I like for us to be top five? I'd love it. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But a contract like this would certainly boost our position when you talk about overall payroll. And, guys, you still, we still need more pitching. I know you're going to say, Dukes, we just won the, we just won the World we Series. We need another we starter. We still need
1: more pitching. I'm still not sure what Soroka is going to be. Now, again, we presume that Soroka is going to bounce back, but we still need more pitching. Charlie Morton, yes, but we need more. Yes. I need. You yes. can never have enough. And by the way, the bullpen did an amazing job. After all those years of maligning the bullpen, they, they stepped up, but we still need more. The other thing is, and again, you, I just real quick, because we just brought his name up. Do you think Ozuna will have a future with the Braves, or is he going to have a future somewhere else? <sighs>
2: It's hard to say. Is it enough water
1: under the bridge? I mean, we we just talked with Darren about the supporters over what happened and what people thought happened with Ozuna. We later found out what you thought happened did not happen.
2: Well, if the Braves want to step up, Mike, and support Ozuna in the way that the, the Atlanta United has supported their signing and backed right. it with here's the information. It's out there for you to check it out. Just like they said, wait till the tape comes out, yeah. you know, all that stuff. If the Braves want to do that then I think it's an easier sell, because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about how does Braves Nation take that? It's an easier sell to way, say, and- we believe in what Ozuna, uh, what the situation was. He ultimately wasn't charged. He did serve community time, ser- you know, served suspension right. time, lost money. We're bringing him back. I don't know how outraged Braves Nation would be. And
1: again, in hindsight, you know, probably a good idea that both those people in that relationship are no longer in that relationship, but there was some history that predated what happened, so... I just think some people just lock it in and they're not going to move off that position. I don't know. I, I think it would be interesting to see him get a, a second chance here. All
2: right, guys, coming up, some people say he didn't do enough. I said not only did he do enough, but do we have enough around him ah. to do what we want? It's Dukes and Bell. Man, we had this conversation last week, Mike, me and you. we, we about to come to blows again, Mike.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.